Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. Each week brings a new message that looks to invite you into a new life brought by Jesus Christ. We hope you are inspired and changed by God by the message brought by today's speaker. today more than more than usual songs pop into your head and when mr david was saying that about the kids you remember the song for toys r us i don't want to grow up i'm I'm not going to sing it i'm a toys r us kid you know i'm just a kid in a big person's body that's all that i am and uh, and if you doubt that ask Teresa. Uh, um i've always said you got to grow uh you got to grow old, but you don't have to grow up, and that's, and that's me. All right, if you would take your Bibles this morning, open them up to Daniel chapter 3. Um, been looking past couple of weeks, had a couple of different snippets from the uh, book of Daniel, and uh, dealing with a sermon titled uh, Stand, and uh, we are reminded of the reality, and once again, that I truly believe that the Church of Jesus Christ, not just the Church of the Nazarene or the Methodist or the Baptist or the Episcopalians, the Church of Jesus Christ, uh, in, especially in the United States, is at an inflection point, it is at a crossroads in which we are coming face to face with the reality that we are going to have to stand for the truths that are contained in God's word. And, and what better um, individual, what better book to look at when it comes to standing up and standing out uh, than the book of Daniel. And this morning, I'm going to cover, just in, the, just in the briefest of ways, a story that no doubt you all have heard many times. You've probably heard many uh, sermons preached about it. Uh, but this morning, I'm going to hopefully, uh, as I travel and journey, as we journey through this together this morning, that we will uh, gather up something fresh and new. Because I heard a pastor say, and I believe it with all my heart, that when we open the Bible, whether we've read the passage for one time or a thousand and one time, these, this is not just ink on a page. This is God's breath on a page. In fact, the word itself, that the Bible, the word, Scripture is living and active. It is alive. And, and, and I've, I've encountered it in my life, and I'm sure you have in yours as well. You'll read a passage that you've read so many times that you're so familiar with, and then all of a sudden there's something there that you never realized before. And there's something in this passage that I just learned this past week that I had never realized before. So uh, Daniel chapter 3, and we'll uh, look at a couple of different passages here in just a few moments, but let me begin by asking you uh, this question this morning, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be pretty unanimous. How many of you have ever had a bad day? Raise your hand. If you've ever had a bad day, We've all had a bad day. I knew it would be unanimous. Uh, some of us 
our bad day goes beyond a bad day and it goes into a season and, and we go through at times tough times in life. And, and I know that I've said it before and, and I'll probably say it many more times and, and I've said it from platforms from many of the churches that I've had privilege to visit with that I wish that I could stand here and say that once you become a Christian, all your earthly sorrows and worries and physical infirmities and arthritis, it all goes away. And there is a sense that all of our cares and worries do go away. But the reality is, whether you're a Christian or you're not a Christian, you still have to pay the electric bill and you still have to buy eggs. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going to get offensive this morning, you know. Uh, but, and you've got to deal with life. And uh, the reality is that many of us, all of us, at one point in time or another, we will go through a difficult time. We will go through a trial. I heard a, I heard a pastor say one time, in life you have three options. And they're not really options. You're either heading into a, a trial or a time of difficulty you are in the midst of one right now, or you're coming out of one. In fact, as I've mentioned several times here, Jesus himself said, in this world you will have trouble or tribulation. You will have bad days. But I'm thankful that verse goes on to say, but take heart, Jesus says, for I have overcome the world. Maybe, maybe you've gone through a time where, where it seems that your prayers have been unanswered, that, that you've been praying and seeking God, and, and it just doesn't seem like anything is working and God is not moving. Maybe, maybe there are those around you who are just beating you down with skepticism and criticism. Maybe you know uh, someone who's lost a job dealing with health issues or financial challenges, especially in, in this day. Maybe, maybe you know or you or someone you know is dealing with strained relationships. Maybe there are those around you who are discouraged. And, and even on the, in, on, on the verge of uh, going into issues such as anxiety and, and depression, we live in a world that is full of trouble and full of tough times. But I'm thankful that God can use even the things that we can't see and the things that we at times in our humanness think that he can't for our good. When we go through the difficulties, when we go through the hard times, when we go through when it seems like everybody is against us, when we go through those uh, health uh, trials and tribulations. When we go through trials, it says in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 7, it says, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when, you, when your faith remains strong, through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. If you are a Christian this morning, let me tell you as 
clearly as I can. When you go through a difficult time, when you go through a trial, when you go through health issues or whatever it might be, a tribulation, please know that those things are not without meaning. That God can use even those things to make sure our faith is genuine. I've often said that, that you will know, you will know how deep your Christianity, your belief in God truly is when difficulty comes knocking on your door. It's, it's as they used to say, it's where the rubber meets the road. Are you living a surface faith or is your faith genuine and deep in the Lord? See, it's easy it's easy to jump on the bandwagon when everything is great, when everything is going good, when everything seems like it's looking up. Uh, the reality is, it's when things get difficult, it's when we will know whether or not our faith is genuine. Our faith is being tested and will be tested, the scripture declares. But it's not to destroy us. It's not to harm us. It's not to, to, to mock us. It's to make sure that the faith that we say we have is truly genuine. And I want you to hear this very clearly this morning. And if you have a pen and paper, uh, you can write this down. And if you don't have a pen and paper, you can borrow one and write this down. A faith that's tested is a faith that can be trusted. Let me repeat that for you this morning. A faith that is tested is a faith that can be trusted. Uh, in the book of Daniel, just as a way of review, King Nebuchadnezzar uh, comes on the scene. He's the most powerful man. He's the king of Babylon. And after conquering Judah, he orders the capture of the best and the brightest of those in the land. And Daniel and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, are among those. And most likely, these are young boys, teenagers, 12 to 14, some scholars say, and they are ripped from their homeland, and they are put into the king's service. Now, in the passage that we will uh, look at this morning, uh, I just want to draw out just a couple of verses from it. King Nebuchadnezzar, in his arrogance and his narcissism, orders that a gold statue 90 feet tall and 9 foot wide made. And beyond that, it is reported that every government leader, every advisor, every judge, every magistrate, everyone who is important, everyone come to the dedication. So here's King Nebuchadnezzar. He has this idol of gold crafted and created and calling all the people to come to the dedication uh, to worship this idol. In Daniel chapter 3 and beginning at verse uh, 5 this morning, we read these words. And you can, if you would, be uh, able and would you please uh, stand for the reading of the word this morning. In 
In my Bible, in parentheses, it has, And the herald shouts, in verse 5, When you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipes, and other musical instruments, bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Anyone, verse 6, anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Father, we thank you for your word. And as we read these and other passages this morning from this familiar story, we just pray that your spirit would open our heart and our our spiritual ears to hear from you in these moments. We thank you in advance for all that you're going to do. For it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. In keeping with the theme of our message series, Stand, everyone was bowing low. The the music sounded and everyone was doing what they were created or were commanded to do. They were bowing low to the statue of gold except three Hebrew teenagers, boys. They stood tall even though they knew what it meant. They knew the consequences of standing for their faith. Now, understand that there was no doubt the temptation was there for them to bow. Maybe they thought, well, you know, maybe, you know, if we're thrown into the furnace and we're killed, then who's going to be here to tell all these people about about God, about Jehovah. Who, so we can, we can just pretend like we're doing it. We don't mean it, not in our heart. We do it and then we can save our skin uh, and go about our business. They didn't do that. Nor did they do like a lot of people, especially uh, today. Oh, we'll do it. And then tomorrow we'll ask for forgiveness. It'll all be washed away and we can continue on our lives. Reality is that these three boys stood for their faith because the reality is, once again, a faith that is tested is a faith that can be trusted. And here's the question that I have, not only for you all today, uh, online and here in person, but for the church of Jesus Christ, will you stand? Will you stand for the principles and the precepts and the truth that is contained within the word of God when the world itself is screaming at us, bow down to us? Will you stand? Because when you do, consequences are going to start coming and they will not be easy. A faith that is tested is a faith that can be trusted standing in faith it's this is my opinion this is all that this is take it for whatever it is but i truly believe that if we would have more and more christians those who claim jesus as savior and lord if we would have more of those who would actually truthfully stand for their faith our world and our country even would look a lot different than it does today. 
we are called to stand for our faith. And there's a couple of qualities that I want to just relate to you from this passage of scripture from these three Hebrew boys in the blazing uh, furnace. First of all, this morning, I want you to realize that a faith that obeys God is more precious than a faith that, that follows man. There, the first quality is a faith that obeys God rather than following man. Once again, in the passage of Scripture, in verse uh, 16, we, uh, we see the reply that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had for the king after everyone else is bowing, and there they are standing firm in their faith. Standing firm. In verse 16, it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. Our minds are made up. This is where we stand. This is the line. No further. They were, in my terminology, they were stubborn. And I identify with these three Hebrew boys because I'm stubborn. Sometimes in ways that I shouldn't be. But the reality is these three boys were not retreating. They were not retreating. We don't even need to defend ourselves before you. We don't need to tell you why. I love the fact that they didn't need to defend themselves. They did not have to explain anything. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't uh, take a poll amongst themselves. They didn't ask everybody. They didn't put anything out there, weigh the pros and cons of, of bowing and or standing. They didn't, they didn't put anything out there on Facebook or social media asking for my recommendations. I need some recommendations. They didn't even, the scripture doesn't even say that they had to pray about it. I've been in ministry for quite a while, and, uh, and it's humorous to me in, in a way. Uh, and you've probably been in this situation or know someone that, that has been. When the pastor or the church leader comes to you and he asks you to do something that you really don't want to do, and what's the first thing that we pull out of the toolbox? Well, let me pray about it. Um, I remember many years ago when I first uh, started going to church, the pastor of the church uh, at that point in time invited me out for breakfast. Now, I probably shouldn't do this, but that's not going to stop me from doing it. When a, when a pastor or ministry leader invites you out for a free meal, beware. <laughs> I didn't know that. I thought, free breakfast, I'm in. And uh, I knew there was more to the story very quickly. And, uh, and the pastor uh, of the church, and we had a wonderful time, and, and, and that's not always true. Sometimes pastors invite you out just because they like you. Uh, we were sitting there, we were talking, and, 
And he said, you know, Jamie, I think that you would be a very good missionary president of the church. And he had all these little uh, pamphlets and folders about the different things when it comes to being a missionary president. And he said, you know what? It would be such a, you would be such a great help to the church if you would just consider being a missionary president. And me not, not knowing a whole lot about it. I mean, after all, it couldn't be that hard, right? If you've ever been a missionary president, you know that is hard. I didn't know that. <laughs> it's a trap. Uh, uh, for the record, I didn't say that. But I agree with it. Anyway, moving. Uh, but I became the missionary president. And oh my word, there's a lot of work. Um, and I successfully made it one year. And uh, went to the pastor and said, you know, I just don't feel called to be the missionary president anymore. But the reality is, these three Hebrew boys, they didn't even have to think about it. They didn't have to pray about it. It was already entrenched in who they are. No, we're not going to bow. No, no matter what the threat is, no matter what's going to happen, no matter the consequence, we are not going to bow. And let me make you a promise, and I don't do this very often. But I can promise you this morning that if you are truly committed to serving God, in whatever capacity and aspect, if you are truly committed to serving God, Satan himself will give you ample opportunities to compromise that very commitment. And the reality is that this passage and this story is a story of obedience. And your life can be a story of obedience when other people don't understand. Why would you put yourself through all of that stuff? But a true follower has a faith that obeys God instead of following man. I love the Apostle Paul when he says that, that he desires to please God instead of man. And uh, that's a paraphrase uh, from his writings. The reality is that we are called uh, to obey God and follow him and give him first place when it comes to opinions rather than those of man. We as Christians are not to be in the people-pleasing business. We are to be in the God-pleasing business. A faith that obeys God instead of following man. That's a quality of standing in your faith. Secondly, this morning, another quality. Faith believes in spite of what it sees. Faith believes in spite of what it sees. In verse 17, as we, as we continue into this story, it says these three Hebrew boys continue their reply. If we are thrown, in verse 17, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. If we are thrown from the blazing furnace, 
the God whom we serve is able. Do you believe that this morning, that he's able? We used to sing a song, and I'm not going to sing it. Uh, we used to sing a song in church. Uh, he's able, he's able. And now I'm going to have to sing it because I can't do He's able, I know, see me through. <laughs> he's able, he's able. I know he's able. See, i got to sing it, and I apologize. I know my Lord is able to see. He's able. Do you truly believe that in your life when you face circumstances and difficulties? Because if you're like most humans, when we get into those situations, we want to fix it ourselves. The reality is God is able. And these three, three Hebrew boys said, you know what, King? If you throw us in there, it's okay because God is bigger than you and he is able to save us. You see, our faith is not a matter of what I see. <laughs> I, love, I love movies. One of the first movies I ever attended as a young kid uh, was Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back. I love Star Wars. And in the, in the movie prior to that, I was only three years old when the first one came out. Uh, you know, there's a line in there uh, that the teacher is relaying to the student, that Obi-Wan is relaying to Luke. Your eyes, your eyes betray you. Don't trust them. Spiritually, it's the same. We can look into a situation and it says one thing to us, but the reality is faith can look into that exact situation and see something else. No matter what I see, my faith says God is willing and able. I see a bad medical report. My God is willing and able to heal. I see a broken relationship. My God is willing and able to restore. I see a dangerously low bank account. Aren't you glad that God is Jehovah Jireh? My God is willing and able to provide. And many times in that situation, he provides you with a job application. God is, amen, I, I felt the spirit on that. Willing and able, the Bible says that he is willing to do abundantly more than we can think or even imagine. Do you know someone or, or you yourself, do you have a faith, miracle story, testimony? I've told mine, the doctor gave me a couple of hours to live. The toxins were too much. My heart was in failure. My liver was in failure. I was in respiratory distress. The kidneys were already gone. I was given hours to live. But thankfully, Mark Swift and the doctors at Allegheny General weren't in communication with the great physician because he said, nah, -uh. <laughs> I got plans. I know he's stubborn. I know he jumps up and down on my last nerve all the time, but I got plans for him. My faith believes in what, in spite of what I see. But what if, and you're saying, oh, that's great, I love it, I'm believing, I'm believing, I'm believing, I'm believing for whatever it is, but let me ask you this, what happens if God doesn't do what I'm, in, I'm believing for him to do? Ooh. Ooh. What happens if God doesn't do what I'm believing for him to do? Well, 
Look at the example of these three Hebrew boys in verse 18 as they continue their reply to the king. But even if God doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the golden statue that you have set up. I've said it recently and I've said it many times before. The outcome is God's responsibility. Obedience is ours. Because we have to, we have to truly have determined within our heart and our spirit that we will do what's right before God and we're going to trust him with the results. And so the king orders, you know the story, the furnace heated seven times hotter, the strongest uh, soldiers to tie up the three, they are thrown in, and, it, and the Bible says that it's so hot that it kills the soldiers who were tasked with throwing them in. In verse 24 and 25, it says, Then Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. He rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast? Now let me get this straight. This is paraphrase. Don't look for it. He went, one, two, three, wait a minute, one, two, three, wait a second, did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered the king and said, true, O king, look, he answered, I see four walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. God reveals his power in many places, but you will know it without a shadow of a doubt, the best in the presence in the place of fire. And it goes on to say, and we know this, that the, the fire didn't harm their bodies, nor even a hair of their heads was singed. Their were, robes were not scorched, and they didn't even smell like they had been in the fire. They didn't bend, they didn't bow because God, but God, but God, I love those, are, those two words appear over and over in Scripture. But God. They come out of this furnace. You couldn't even tell that they were in it as Christians many times. And this is the, the reality that we have to hold on to many times. When we come out of a hard time, we as with Christ truly ingrained in us, when we truly committed to him, you can't even tell that we were in a hard time. I would never know you went through the fire, but the reality is that we never go through those times alone. Alone. He is right there with us. So let me encourage you as I wrap up and bring this in for a landing this morning. I don't know what your life looked like. I don't know the difficulties that you have. I don't know the circumstances that you were dealing with. I don't know the temptations that are knocking on your door. But let me encourage you this morning, don't quit. Keep traveling the path of faith. Don't give. You've come so far. Why would you give up now? Don't quit. Don't Keep trusting. Yes, I know the times are difficult. I know the pain is hard. I know that it's more than you can bear at times. Don't quit. Because you don't know. The miracle might just be right around the corner. 
I love uh, several years ago uh, now, uh, Teresa and I had the privilege of going to a, a concert in Pittsburgh, outside of Pittsburgh, seeing a, uh, he wasn't very famous then, I don't know that he's truly all that famous now, Danny Gokey, and one of his better known songs, Haven't, uh, haven't Seen It Yet. Let me, let me uh, relay the chorus to you this morning. As we're called and encouraged to not quit, it's like the brightest sunrise waiting on the other side of the darkest night. Don't ever lose hope. Hold on and believe. Maybe you just haven't seen it yet. Let me encourage you this morning, no matter how difficult it is, don't quit. Don't give up. And, and I have just one more thing this morning, and we'll uh, go into a time of prayer. I want you to hear this. And, and I know that it doesn't relate truly to the spiritual life, uh, but, but I think it has so much uh, power and meaning in it. A brass bell that hangs in the center of the compound for all the students to see. All you have to do to quit, all you have to do to quit is ring the bell. Ring the bell, and you no longer have to wake up at 5 o'clock. Ring the bell, and you no longer have to be in the freezing cold swims. Ring the bell, and you no longer have to do the runs, the obstacle course, the PT, and you no longer have to endure the hardships of training. All you have to do is ring the bell to get out. If you want to change the world, don't ever ever ring the bell in the christian life it may you may be faced with a diagnosis you may be faced with a relationship that's broken you may be faced with a temptation that will not go away but let me encourage you this morning stand firm in your faith and don't ever quit because one day we will hear those wonderful words welcome home well done, good and faithful servant. So let us take a, let us take a, a glimpse, uh, a lesson from these three Hebrew children, these boys. Let us continue to stand firm in our faith. Thanks for listening to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. We hope you were inspired by this week's message. We'd love for you to join us on a Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We are located at 3924 High Street Northwest in Warren, Ohio. You can also join us on Facebook Live. For more information about our ministries, or if you'd like to contribute to our ministries online, visit us at championnaz.org.